Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Podcast episode 76. This is our defensive back breakdown episode. If you haven't yet followed us on Twitter, we're at another Jags pod. We're Facebook, Instagram, another Jags podcast. This is our last position, Joey. Our, our last one? We're, not doing, last we're one. not doing special teams and kickers? Oh, special about, teams? Oh, we got oh, one more. I meant football position. I don't know. Oh, if you, okay. If, yeah, yeah, like real football. Well, those are my favorites. That's right. your favorite, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, Gunners, they aren't real football players. Yeah. Do you remember Kasim Osgood? He was on the team. He was like a wide receiver, didn't play a lot, but he was on the team just for his special teams. Yeah. And he would literally, I remember he got into like a fight with some team and it was awesome. And it was like, he was like taunting the other team's sideline. I was, this is why Kasim Osgood is on the team. Which is great. Yeah. It was awesome. So this is our second to last position group then. Oh uh, no, it's, no. it's definitely right, going right. to be our position last group. position okay. group for sure. Fair enough. We've been with you through all throughout the summer. We're excited about the upcoming episodes. We're going to be talking about the start of the season, preseason games, predictions. Finally, preseason will be here. We have something to talk about. Man, are we going to finally go game by game and just like break it out? Yeah, that'd probably be next week's episode. I cannot wait. Yeah. But um, before we get to the defensive backs, there's been a little bit of news in the Jacksonville Jaguar scene that's kind of breaking. We'll start with the Jaguars all 25 because there seemed to be a little controversy with the number two and number one selections. I think butt hurt is the appropriate comment for it. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, Joey is the biggest Fred Taylor fan that walking the face. Probably of the my earth. favorite football. Uh, he is. He's my absolute favorite football player of all time. So I'll just leave it at that for now until you continue. Yeah. So Fred Taylor had a tweet saying he was not very happy with the selection of him being number two. And obviously Tony Baselli is going to be number one. So let me just go ahead and read in case for you that you don't have Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. He says, blowing smoke out of his nose emoji. <laughs> that, mean, that means hot. <laughs> I'm not sure who voted, but they missed. What were you guys doing for the 11 years I carried the team? One day, someone other than me will recognize how valuable I was. I did something only 21 players in history of the game have done at my position. Hashtag, what a joke. First of all, I'll take this because like Jason prefaced it, I'm a, the biggest Fred Taylor fan. The guy's a stud. I mean, I go, I go back and watch the highlights of him like breaking runs at this point. Breakaway speed. I mean, dude, the guy was awesome. But come on, man. First of all, you carried the team for 11 years? That's a bold statement when you got, you know, Mark Brunel, Jay Smith, Baselli. I mean, there's a lot of good dudes on the squad when you played. You're, you're not Maurice Jones-Drew leading the league in rushing when you got nobody. First of all, man, 
come on. Yeah, I mean, it, was he carrying the Patriots in 2009, 2010? Is, was he? Yeah, no, he was <laughs> not. one career start? In yeah, the- he, he was not. I mean, you just got to be bigger than that. I mean, I get that he's mad. Like, I thought he should have been number one. I mean, Baselli might be the best all-around football player we've ever had, but he had, what, seven years before he blew out his shoulder? Probably make the Pro Bowl, or the Hall of Fame, but uh, come on, Fred, man. Let your fans talk for you in that case. Yeah, like that, that, that's not something for you to say. That's something to take 24 hours and cool down and then let your fans do the talking for you because plenty of us would have said that for you. At least create like a Kevin Durant burner account and like, <laughs> and like talk about yourself via that way. Like, and is this going to be like, is this going to create any like weirdness? Because he does if you, I don't, I don't know if they televise it on TV. I don't think they do. No, he's straight radio, but, but he's I, the after game, every after game, he's it, like the guy. No, but at halftime... He also does a little analyst ah. too. So they put it on the jumbotron at the games. They definitely it's, don't put that on TV. Okay, I didn't think so. No. It's pretty. Un- I mean, he doesn't. He's not very good. He's not a very good analyst. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's gonna call it like it is. I mean, not, I, he, I love Fred Taylor. I he's mean, not. He's not great on radio either. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't come across well. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's not that his like. It's not that his like insight or takes are bad. It's just that he doesn't talk well. Yeah. I'm not saying that we talk well. No, but it's a, it's a great on point. Right. Like he's, but he's better at running than he is at talking. Do you think that do you think that's going to create any awkward situations in the future? I mean, he's a Jaguar employee, and he came out and did that. I mean, yeah. You know, Baselli, like I, I don't know, it was a week ago on Hicken and Prosser show. He's always on there every Monday, and they asked him. They said, "Hey, what if Fred's number one? You're number two? And Baselli's whole thing was like he was a man about it. Like he was a professional about it. Yeah. I'm sure he would be butt hurt just like Fred Taylor is, but he was not going to say that. Publicly, he'd let his fans do the talking for him. So, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, they're both amazing football players. They both, as a Jaguar fan, I mean, you, you can't not love them both, but it was, it was a bad look, man. It really is. What do you think about the moniker that he gets, Fragile Fred? I think that that was something that stuck with him way longer than it should have. I mean, he basically tore his hamstring off the bone and dude fought back and played all the rest of the games. I mean, that, that's, that's not like a, a minor injury. That's not like a Marquise Lee hamstring pull. I mean, he, like off the bone. I think where he gets it is from 1999, 2000, 2001, that three season span. He only played in 25 games, which isn't like a little bit, but I think that's where he got it. And in 2001, he only played in two games. And that was probably the season that he tore it. But from 2002... The 2008 as a Jaguar. I mean, he didn't miss very many games. No, not at all. So I'm with you there. And, and he was the workhorse. I mean, you look at Brunel's stats. Smith had some catches and Brunel had some throws, but he was the guy as far as the offense went. So I kind of get where he said I carried the team, but dude, they had a legit defense. They had a legit off- offensive line. I mean, it wasn't like, dude, they were good. You didn't carry the team, Fred. Come on, man. In 11 years with Jacksonville. He, he had 11,271 yards. That's pretty dang impressive. 62 touchdowns, 4.6 yards per attempt, 80.5 yards per game. The yards per attempt is what gets him in the Hall of Fame possibly at some point because over an 11-year career, that's pretty sick. Another 2,300 receiving yards. Yeah, I mean, just go back and watch the footage of him, man. I'll pull up the YouTube clips, like the montages and like, Dude, that guy, he was that guy. He had like another gear. Like he turned it on and like nobody was catching him. He was that guy and he was a Jaguar and we haven't had many of those. So I, I get it. And Baselli's position is not like that flashy, like, but dude, Baselli's a really good football player. Yeah. I mean, I remember 
being pretty upset as a Jag fan when Randy Moss beat him for rookie of the year in 1998. And Randy Moss was a really good player, but I was always a little butthurt about the fact that because Randy Moss was like a receiver, played on the same team with like Chris Carter, Dante Culpepper, that he got a little more love than Fred Taylor did, which is probably true. Yeah, he did. And it was a toss up. I think that was probably a coin flip at that point. And Jacksonville market probably hurt him at that point. I mean, Minnesota's a bigger market and Moss got it, but you can't knock it because, I mean, what rookie wide receiver comes out and puts up those numbers? Nobody. All right, and before we get to, it's quickly about training camp. The news did come out today that the city and Shad Khan have moved one step closer. Um, they've reached an incentives deal on, a, on the $450 million Lot J development. Joey, you're the uh, development Lot J guy. I'm all for it. I mean, there's no downside to it. You already have like, you know, you, you've got all the other areas of downtown that have become cool at this point. I mean, like it, it's somewhat safe to go down there. It's a clean city compared to a lot of other big cities. I, I don't know if you guys have been to a bunch of them, but some of them you go to and you're like, man, this is disgusting. It's, it smells like sewer. <laughs> Ours isn't. And, and everything's getting, you know, kind of tied to the same area. Lot J is going to be fantastic. You bring businesses in there, you bring extra housing in there. Nothing can be bad about that other than parking. But the big thing is the whole flyover ramps that they're going to have to redirect as far as traffic goes. Because if you're a taxpayer, I mean, that's not going to be a good thing because Con ain't paying for that. So if you want to get, you know, get, get on the soapbox, that's the downside to it all. But it, it's good all around. With all the money that I pay in taxes already and all the traffic in, from construction I already have to drive through. I don't think that is going to really affect my life too much more than what's no, already it, out there. It won't. It's just a matter of like we're making a worldwide billionaire more of a billionaire and we're paying for it. Why not? I agree. Dude, I was reading about... I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not playing devil's advocate here. I'm, I'm, I'm using other people as a right. devil's advocate. And I, I see what you're I, I'm with you. I mean, he, ever since he's been here, I don't care who's paid for it. Everything's been better. You got the amphitheater now. You, I mean, like everything is better since Khan's been here. So, dude, keep rolling. If you haven't read about Shad Khan, you need to. Yeah. I was reading the other day. He worked for this company called Flexingate. Yeah. And he was like, I he was like the cashier. He's like, I can make my own bumpers that are better. And yeah. so he started his own company, got a deal with GM. Flexingate sued him. <laughs> okay. So check this out. This is where the story is awesome. <laughs> Flexingate sues Shad Khan. Shad Khan hires the cheapest attorney he can find and tells him, I'm going to defend myself goes to the library for like two weeks straight, reads all these law books, defends himself, wins the case, ends up buying Flexingate. And that's the thing, like, <laughs> I, I have zero problem with rich people whatsoever, especially if you're the guy who like put the boots on and did it yourself. And that was him, dude. He came over here and like he was literally working as a clerk, a checkout guy at that company you're talking about said this these people are not doing it right and they're the number one company i can do it way better and he did it better and he's like he, he's parlayed that into this like he's what one of the top 50 50 yeah in the world right yeah. now right i mean dude you have to appreciate that and he's our guy they're not if they do lot j they're not going to england as a team no no way possible that solidifies them here so that should like quiet all the concerns about that which is another bonus yeah, if you're like a hardcore Jag fan and you don't want them to move, then you need to be out there helping them reroute that over that fly. Absolutely. Over, like, like hey, can, can, I, can, I, yeah, can yeah. I throw this chunk in the Give the me river? a yellow vest, bro. Like something. Because <laughs> that will keep them here. And that's what he said all along. You never know. It could have happened. But if that goes through, there's no way it's happening. 
All right. Well, before we move on to the defensive backs, and I know it's a defensive backs podcast, and if you've clicked on this just to hear about our breakdown of defensive backs, because we go pretty in depth. I'm sorry, but I've been waiting a long time for this. It's been we've been doing this for about a year and a half now, almost a year and a half. Yeah. Not quite, but almost. Almost. And I've been waiting for a negative comment to read on the podcast. Oh, we've got a negative we comment. We finally got one. Like, okay. Uh, I'll stop here because a lot of people aren't going to believe the fact that after a year and a half, we haven't had a negative comment. No, I mean, we're five star iTunes rating. We have um, all these great comments. Never had a bad thing said about us. So we actually have somebody that says something negative. Dude, bring it on, man. I want to hear that. That's how you get better. I know. And I agree. And, and, and I feel like we've made it now. Yeah. We've got some haters. I've wanted this for a while. We've gotten good enough to have haters. That's a good point. All right. This is from Brent Meister. Bentmeister. Another Jags podcast would improve with more pre-show research and a basic written agenda to guide the conversation. Hmm. Thoughts? <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> He's definitely not wrong. There's absolutely no agenda for sure. I mean, I do that for meetings at work and stuff. Last place I'm going to do that's here. Um, I mean, that's not where we're trying to be. No. I mean, if you look at our mission statement, which I guess we should probably get out there somewhere, it's... That would be a written agenda. So yeah, that would that's be. too much work. Yeah, not happening, Brent. I mean, it's almost a compliment because we're trying not to be that. Yeah. Right? Maybe when James was here, we had some written agendas. because We had to when we first started. Yeah. Like, we had to have, yeah. like, a... a Just to like, get where we were going. Yeah, we're, find out who we are. We probably stopped that on episode, what, 20? If that long. If, yeah, maybe that. Maybe episode 10. And uh, he says, quick recommendation to Big Cat Country is to drop another Jags podcast since they're already uploading their episodes on their own anyways. Hmm. So our lack of written agenda has made us more popular to where we have other people wanting to host our podcast. Right. Yeah, we should definitely stop that. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, we should. I mean, we're on two podcast networks and we're getting... Within a year and a half in a small market. Well over a thousand downloads an episode, not even counting YouTube. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, we should start the written agenda thing there, Joey. What do you think? I'm thinking no. I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking we're going to continue as is and let this play out. Wing it, wing, yeah. wing it, wing, wing it. it. That's what it is. Okay. All right. Well, let's not spend too much time on that. All right. We're going to start our Twitter questions with uh, Courtney Lot, and he's at striving number four underscore a lot with two T's. Hmm. Okay. Clever. And he says thoughts at safety. How do y'all feel about Wilson? Can he make enough plays? I'm going to hold my comment on that because I think I'm going to comment on that when we talk about the defensive back. So you can take that one. Okay. So <clears throat> the safeties were terrible last year. Yeah. Hands good. down, terrible. Tashawn Gibson had a couple plays where he looked okay, but they were not good. Well, that's, why, and, that's um, why they didn't pay him again. And we're not bringing our free safety or our strong safety back. And mm-hmm. actually, our strong safety lost his job like halfway through the year. Talking about Barry Church losing his job to. Ronnie Harrison halfway through the year going off their PFF grades. I know they're not, we don't have PFF fans around here, but whatever we pay for it. So Everybody uses it. it at this point yeah. though. I mean, it's kind of like the baseline. Yeah. So Gerard Wilson, who he was asking about had 200. That's a J rod J rod. However you want to say it. It's definitely Gerard <laughs> 222 snaps and he had a 73.7 defensive grade, which is actually pretty good. Pretty good. And that ranks him number five on the team. Not out of bad. all defensive players? Out of all defensive players. Wow. And 
I mean, 222 snaps. I mean, it's not, not a it's not a lot, but it's like not a little either. No, I mean, Taven Bryan played 301 to give you a sense of like how many snaps. And his that grade was. was like nine. So, he was yeah. 11th on the team with a 71 grading, but a 73.7 defensive gr- grade, a 73.6 run defensive grade, a 78 tackling grade. Yeah, not bad. Manageable. I'm excited to see what he does with more snaps. I'm I was kind of like uh, hesitant to give him my boat of confidence early, but I'm, I'm ready to see what he has. I'm sure the coaches see more than we do, so... I would hope so. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And the other guy, Ronnie Harrison, who dude, I think we're all big on. Dude, Harrison's going to be a baller in the league. No didn't, doubt. Didn't grade out terribly good. 328 snaps last year. 61.1 defensive grading. 49.8 against the run. 72.6 tackling, which is pretty good. That puts him 21st on the team. But you got to remember guys like Nick DeLuca, Eli Anku uh, were ahead of him playing only like four and two snaps. But you also have to remember that he was thrown into the mix. He, he, was, he was a the, rookie. A rookie guy. Yeah. And also the fact that our defense was on the field a ton last year. And on top of that, they were in a horrible field position most of the time. So those numbers are kind of meaningless to me at this point because last year, decimated by injuries... I don't think I, Harrison's going to be the bomb. I mean, I was going back and watching some games from last year and like watching the defensive backs. And I just over and over again was like, holy crap, our safeties were terrible. When we played the Cowboys, Dak Prescott had a read option where on the first touchdown of the game. Dude, that, that game was pitiful. But this is like the first touchdown of the game. This isn't like after we've been like defeated and like no one's trying. This sure. is like the beginning. Barry Church takes the worst angle I've ever seen at a, at a player and runs into Telvin Smith, runs into his own guy, gets beat, and Dak Prescott just like prances into the end zone untouched. It's like, dude, Barry Church, like you've been in the league for a long time and you're going to take that terrible angle? Yeah, but Church, man, I mean, he obviously fell off the cliff of time last year. I mean, the years before, like the year before that was, was good. I think time caught up with him and that's why we let him go. To Sean Gibson. In the Cowboys game, just straight blew his assignment against Cole Beasley, left him wide open for a touchdown. It was like the second touchdown of the game. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, what in the in the Eagles game? He gets his eyes in the backfield, loses Nelson Aguilar. It's like, dude, what are y'all even looking at? Like, what are y'all doing? So they were safeties were so bad last year that I don't think Gerard Wilson and Ronnie Harrison could be that much of a downgrade. No. There's no way. And it's, it's weird coming from 2017 when we were so good, which leads us to our next question from Brent Papineau. And he's at Brent Papineau. And he says, with 2017 being a 10, what would you give this group so far, like on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, first of all, 2017 was a 9 at best. Yeah. But defense-wise, comparably, I mean... I'd say the same. You're looking at like probably an eight to a nine rating before the season starts. Well, the addition of Josh Allen is absolutely pretty good, but the loss of Telvin Smith. Yeah, but it's hurts. the same he player. Team in tackles, same so. player, but a bigger, more physical specimen. So Telvin was awful last year. Uh, sorry, Telvin. So what's your number? You said eight or nine? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Mm, I'm gonna say eight. Yeah. I'm gonna say Telvin. Losing Telvin hurts. <laughs> I know he was bad, but I think losing Telvin hurts, and I think. Josh Allen probably will take him a year to kind of get where he needs to be. I think Ronnie Harrison takes a step forward. Don't know what Gerard Wilson is. 
Dude, we're still a top 10 defense and our offense is going to put us in better position this year and keep them off the field a lot more than they did last year. So we're still a top 10 defense. This question's from uh, Josh Hampton and he's on YouTube. And if we haven't told you yet, which I'm surprised because I usually like to gloat about the fact that we are on YouTube live. Jason does like to see himself. I do, you know, I like to see myself all the time. You know me, I'm just yeah. always trying to see myself in my... Guns and hair. T- I mean, tight, tight polo. There, you, there know? you go. You got the schmedium going. I mean, I, I agree. Uh, he says, um, if our defensive line wasn't as good, would our DBs still be elite? Absolutely. That's Obviously. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, simple answer. Yes, they would be. I mean, yeah, our defensive line is awesome, but our DBs are even better. I mean, I think. <laughs> okay. So do you know DBs is talking about Safeties and corners. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think our offensive line helps over the middle very much, right? I mean, our defensive line? No. Yeah. Obviously, they haven't. So, I mean, dude, Boye and Ramsey are two of the top, what, at least 10 in the league? Maybe top eight? Yeah. Where would you put them on like a tandem scale? Tandem, I'd say they're probably second. To who? Ah, I can't think of their names. Uh, the Chargers. Rams, Chargers, yeah. I think, Chargers, yeah. I think there's a question about that. We'll get to in a second. Yeah, and, uh, but that's kind of a coin flip. But yes, I mean, our secondary is elite. Yeah, secondary is good. Our linebackers were just terrible last year, man. Going back and watching, I think, I mean, while I was watching the Chiefs game, Pat Mahomes was 8 for 10 on his first 10 throws of the game. And basically everything was underneath the, against the linebackers. Yeah. Everything was on Telvin. Yeah. Everything was like... They'd yeah. obviously watch some film and, but it was so early in the season. Like they were, they was like you know, and and I couldn't believe like Jalen Ramsey did did really good against Tyreek Hill, and he basically shut him down, and the linebackers really what gave that up. Boye does get a little when you're asking like when you're asking Boye to cut man cover a guy across the field like on a drag route. Uh, you're getting some uh, sketchy territory. Like he was asked to cover Will Fuller, um, on a drag route, pretty much across the entire field. Now, granted, nobody could do that, with the exception of Jalen Ramsey. Like yeah. Jalen Ramsey could do it. Yeah. But when he's asked to do things like that, like Boye isn't gonna do that great. But he shouldn't have to do things like that, right? I mean, shouldn't somebody pick that up when he's coming across? Well, this kind of goes back to Brent's question about 2017 versus like what happened last year. See. In 2017, we ran a lot of like cover one. Cover one is just basically everyone's manned up. Yeah. And then you have one high free safety that just kind of plays like that, like rover in the middle of the field. So Tashawn Gibson would just play at freelance and safety. Everyone else was just manned up with the guy across from them. The D line was so good. We rarely had to check out of that defense. Last year, D line wasn't getting the pressure for whatever reason. And we went into some cover two, we went into some cover four. Uh, a little bit of cover three, and we just started getting like destroyed in that. So what you're saying is we've got like a lot of elite athletes that are dumb. I think we have a lot of elite athletes that need some help from the linebacker position. Okay, which is like we talked about last week, <laughs> one of our extremely young yeah. weak points. So yeah. So unless we can, um... but we're being positive, right? I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, you're right. We're, we're being positive. positive, and and I think. I look apparently um, Quentin Williams has been looking. Oh, I was hoping you bring his name up, man. I can't wait. Really good. Um, and what did Marone said he was the the fastest guy on the field. Yeah. So 
I mean, he's, you know, before he puts himself in the hospital or kills somebody with his spear tackles, he's going to have a heck of a five or six game run. You can't get more penalties than like we had last year. So, well, I mean, this would be like flagrants, like in basketball, <laughs> watch this film. But yeah, I mean that it, it, you talk about camp. That's a great like segue to that. Quentin Williams apparently has like shown up and is balling, which is exciting because we're going to need it, man. This question is from ramen eater and he's he or she is at eater underscore ramen and ramen eater is killing the question game. Is this like ramen like the noodles? His his uh his profile pic on Twitter is in fact a square ramen noodle. And this is my boy because yeah. I'm a ramen fan. <laughs> and uh, he's he or she says, "Do we still have the best secondary in the NFL?" The best? No, I mean you can't say that, right? Well, Heather at Hey It's Heather Seventeen on Twitter points out that Mike Clay of ESPN ranked our cornerbacks number two in the league behind the Chargers. Agree or disagree? I personally disagree and would put us at number one. No one beats Jalen and AJ. But again, that's a coin flip, man. I mean, that's a. I think if you're top five in any category, then you're the best in the league. I mean, it just depends on the Sunday. It depends on the weather. It depends on who you're playing. It depends on. Uh, yeah. So here's what makes the Chargers secondary like elite is Casey Hayward. They have Trevor Williams, Mike Davis, Desmond King, not that good. Casey Hayward's really good. So is Williams. Yeah. Um, Casey Hayward is elite. But then they have Derwin James. And Derwin James is probably, I'll say it, the best safety in the league. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say that, and, and I'm not like a Florida State guy. I'm not a Florida State homer. I kind of are. I was big it on... It depends on which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> I was big on Derwin James when he was coming out of college. And I was too, and I don't like Florida State. That guy is is a physical specimen. I mean, he's one of those guys. He's just stronger, faster, nastier than everybody out there at that position. He's basically like the Jalen Ramsey of the secondary position. He is. And he can play DB too, right? Yeah, I mean, he plays all over the field. Yeah. And I mean, I would have loved to get him. Man, yeah. we sh- man I wish we could have had a chance at him, but, you know, we got Taven Bryan, so... <laughs> My God, I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> they drafted Nasir Adderley in the second round, and um, he may be he may be a pretty good guy there. And then Adrian Phillips could be good. I don't know. I I would take that probably over ours, which is tough because I like Jalen, but I'm kind of falling off the Bouye train a, a little bit here. Which leads us to our next question. Well, before we get to Bouye, we have a question about Bouye. Um. But before we get to that, I think we're going to hit you all with some uh, commercials here. It is time for a break. Yeah. And we got to take a break, too. Honestly, personally, I have to use the restroom. So a little too much information. <laughs> but so hopefully it's number one, not number two, guys. <laughs> it, it, it will be a quick break. Uh, so um, if you're watching YouTube live, we're going to take a, a couple minute break. If you're listening to the podcast, we are going to be um, hitting you with some quick ads here. Support the ads whatever they are, whatever podcast network you're listening to, they could be different, but just support them um, either way. And if you're the guy who gave us that bad review, you're probably not listening, but um, we apologize and maybe we'll, we'll have an agenda for this next segment. Doubtful. Can we like (laughs) tease the next segment? Like maybe talk about training camp. I don't know. Well, we're going to, we're going to take the rest of the Twitter questions about DB. Exactly. I don't even want to commit to that. Yeah. And honestly, like in the past, who knows? Segment two has been honestly, 
as random as segment three because we're that unscripted. <laughs> we are. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick just break. straight raw talent, guys. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. All right, and we are back, and I'm I'm taking the bulls by the horn and saying like, I'm bringing us back in I like after it, last Joey. week, man. Jason called me out and said you'd never do this, so <laughs> I like it. Another Jack's podcast is back, and you know you can find us on all the major carriers, YouTube, iTunes, Big Cat Country. Just check us out. You know where to find us. Carriers like cell phone carriers. I mean carriers of everything, <laughs> like content, content like carriers, mobile, ah, Cricket Wireless, exactly. Burner phone, maybe. I don't know. Might be a little small screen. Not good resolution, but yeah, you can find us. Uh, so I, I kind of want to take that last comment with like the the secondary. I mean, I know we're going to talk about them a little more, but I honestly worry about like how hot it's going to be and the traffic getting to the game more than I worry about our secondary. So I think that's oh, a pretty good sign. I know you're going with that, but you're right. You're right. Like out of all the position groups we've talked about, there's probably not a stronger one than the defensive backs. Yeah, so I mean, whether they're one or two or five or six in the league, I mean, that's the least of our concerns. So, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because they're good. And we were, um, and I'm excited about their replacement of the safeties. You know, I kind of, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm pessimistic about that because literally on the break that we just had, we we had the ja- we have some Jaguar games kind of running on the TV in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and we watched Barry Church just get absolutely torched by Foster for 77-yard touchdown in the Bills game. Yeah, I mean, it looked like his ankles were made out of, like, I don't know. It looked like Joey trying to cover me on the football field. Uh, that's a great comparison. torching past yes. him. Like, <laughs> like Jason at full speed on a crossing route and me trying to compensate for that and just, <laughs> like not, and just not, and not doing like, it. Yeah, It was the most pathetic thing. We just both just stood there and we're just like, how fitting was this like literally the only thing the only thing he did was turn in the right direction <laughs> like that was like it acknowledge that he was going that way <laughs> that was all and it was like oh man so and that's buffalo and that's pro- uh, yeah and that's probably why he lost his job like yeah. after that game so i have to agree 12. with you on that i mean you know everybody got kind of mad when tayshawn left because he was a decent jag and showed up was on a lot of games played okay yeah, his, but his 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 contract that's what i'm saying yeah. like we we dumped a lot of money in two positions that we didn't need to pay him. Yeah. Well, so. I, we, I feel like we can get away with Gerard Wilson in that position. And, re, and then honestly, like, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I know the safety position has become very, like, cross-trained, right? As far as, like, a free safety playing strong safety and vice versa. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with Gerard Wilson and Ronnie Harrison because Ronnie Harrison is typically a strong safety. He played strong safety at Alabama. They both are, right? He played strong safety last year when he filled in for... Barry Church, and then Gerard Wilson is also. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could kind of play free safety, but I don't. I think they would rather have Ronnie Harrison at free safety. I think yeah, that's what I was about to say. Because at free safety, when you're in cover three, which they like to play a lot, or cover one, which they like to play a lot, your free safety is your literal last line of defense. And so, let, let Harrison put a couple of hits on guys at free safety and see if they want to do that again. Yeah. How many times do you think before he gets flagged and fined? Hey, I'll take a flag with him lighting somebody up. Yeah, that's true. It's like the uh, Reggie Nelson when he lit Big, that dude up exactly. at Oakland. Exactly. Yeah, you, you're not doing that again. 2006. See, I'm a, I'm a, see? that was pretty impressive. See, I'm did not did like you do State some guy. pregame <laughs> prep, like some pre-show prep with that comment? No, or was that just, just the top of the... Like, okay, the, I ride the fence with Florida and Florida State. I can't help it. Okay? I know you I, do. That's I why like I said both. which way the wind's I blowing. I like both. Okay, I like... I like Fred Taylor and I like Jalen Ramsey. Like, sue me. Okay. Sue me. Honestly, I mean, that's kind of the way to be in our area, but go Ospreys. <laughs> All right. This next question 
is from uh, Ramen Eater, and he's at Eater underscore Ramen, and he just had two great questions, so we're going to hit him with another one. He said, the good number one receivers we face this year are Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins again, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and T.Y. Hilton again. Ouch. Well, first of all, A.J. Green, you ain't got to worry about anymore, right? And then yeah, you're right. Antonio Brown, I think, is going to not be good this year, honestly. I know, I know who... I, that bold, I, I don't take. know if I agree with that. You don't? No. Right. He's not the type of guy that just like Dude, drops o- off. But Oakland is a dumpster fire. Yeah, but Antonio Brown's not the type of guy that drops off. Uh, he's not. All right. We'll he's see. Not. He's going to be checking TVs out of his hotel room on like kids in no time, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> all right. But I mean, Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill just like has a, a serious, like, what? Thigh contusion? No. He took a knee to the thigh. Oh, he, he did? Had a pro- yeah, card off the field. Yeah. Did, did his son hit him? I hope so. I mean, karma comes around, man. I mean, it, it you know, it, it's not like an injury where he didn't break a leg, he didn't tear an ACL, but did you take a deep thigh bruise as a speedy guy and, you know, try to come back from that? I've had that happen before and it, it isn't easy. Like your leg just gives like anything else. So we play them early. All right. I'm about to, I'm going to go down this list and I'm going to tell you why I'm not scared of any of them. I'm scared of DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to say that straight away. Tyreek Hill was shut down by Jalen Ramsey. In fact, Tyreek Hill held Jalen Ramsey twice in the Chiefs game because he could not hold Jalen Ramsey from getting off the block. No, I'm sorry. Sammy Watkins had to hold Jalen Ramsey because he couldn't get couldn't block Jalen Ramsey. I don't think people, I don't people, think Sammy Watkins was on that list. No, I'm saying Sammy Watkins had to hold oh, Jalen kind of like a pick player. Yeah, oh, okay, gotcha. And, and he was called for it, and because and Tyreek Hill holds a lot. He's so undersized. People do not give Jalen Ramsey enough credit for his run defense, and and like they just can't they see the super athletic plays he makes like in the back of the end zone against the Eagles in the London game. But they don't think about the fact that receivers have to hold him so that he doesn't shed the block and get to the backfield. Plus how many pictures of or video of Jalen have you guys looked at in the past two weeks? That dude's like, I would say a solid 20 pounds heavier of straight muscle. He has a chip on his shoulder. As we like to say, he's made that leap to where it's like you're wearing a different hat size. It's like the Barry Bonds like without that. without the steroid. I mean, like his <laughs> seriously, like his face is different. Like his neck, like it isn't like I just hit the gym. Like he's still a kid, kind of. Like he's still maturing, and his body, like everything, is different. Dude, that I can't wait to see that guy this year. DeAndre Hopkins was shut down by Jalen Ramsey. And if you go back and watch the games, which we do, and to that guy that said we don't do pre-show research. We probably do more pre-show research than anyone else out there. We just don't have a script for the shows. Yeah. I think we do like post-game research for the next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we I, we do a lot of that. I watch every game probably five times. I, mean, I, we'll, I go back and watch every game and watch certain positions. So I mean, don't, we'll, yeah. We watched, what, like the 89 NBA draft the other day after that. I mean, <laughs> talk about some research. <laughs> okay. It wasn't 89. It was like, it was like 2002. Still. <laughs> <laughs> okay. DeAndre Hopkins <clears throat> was shut down by Jalen Ramsey. If you go back and watch the film, the only plays that, Jay, that DeAndre Hopkins made on Jalen Ramsey were when they were in zone and DeAndre Hopkins ran into Jalen Ramsey's zone last minute and Ramsey was like the first one there or DeAndre Hopkins pushes off. 
Now, DeAndre Hopkins makes a great one-handed grab in like week five against the Jags, where he pretty much like arm bars Jalen Ramsey and makes a left-handed catch. Great catch, and Jalen Ramsey like wants a call. You go back and watch it, and Tony Romo even says that they should have called pass interference on that play. And what Tony Romo says is the is, word. Is seriously biblical. I agree. Emmanuel Sanders. Nothing to say yeah. about that. Okay. <laughs> who's he who's he even play for? Titans? Yeah. Buffalo? Um, the um no, he's with the... Uh, yeah, he can't even name it either. He's That's with the Broncos, isn't he? He's with the Broncos. All right. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Michael Thomas. Just got uh, paid. He's going to mail it in. And should have. Easy. Easy. Mails it in. Guy's uh, paycheck. Come on he's now. He's cruising. All right, come on he's now. Like, Don't, he's like, hey, bro, he's pulling that Julius Thomas. Dude. He's saying, I just got paid. I'm, 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 I'm on vacation, bro. No way. $100 million. Dollars. that happen. He had 1,400 uh, yards and like nine touchdowns last year, dude. It is the best stats at any wide receiver in the past three years. Okay, Drew Brees. This is a side tangent. For those of you that played uh, play Madden, okay, I got the newest Madden, and they have this thing called like X Factor, and it's where like these like elite players have these like little like traits that like make them better than like everyone else. Does on the he team. have like all of them? <laughs> Drew Brees, legit, does not miss passes. He doesn't. Okay, I played I played uh, the computer and I played online against the Patriots, or I'm sorry, against the Saints. I kid you not, like I am not exaggerating. Okay. Two games against Drew Brees, not a single incompletion. First of all, I love the fact that you're using Madden to back up your, your I'm facts. Not, I'm just no. This but is, second of this, all, this, I agree. This because, is side, bro. He did not a single incompletion. <laughs> and, and like, look, like I get it. You're like trying to make him throw the ball incomplete. Yeah, like, no, hey, like, we're gonna do this. Like you, like you play an opponent online, and he has these like cheesy plays. I get that. Sure. Okay? But the computer, yeah, you're playing, you're playing the computer. He, okay, dude, Drew Brees. He's is, not that good. He's not that good. Okay, Tom Brady isn't that good. Where he goes, he I think the, Brees is better than Brady at this point. Stop it, dude. He is. Brees has or Brady has rings. He, That's all. I didn't say over the course of the past ten years. I said at this right point, Brees is the best quarterback in okay, the league. Well, Brees definitely has a better supporting cast around him. No doubt sure. about that. So you got to factor that in. Okay, AJ Green injured. DeAndre Hopkins already made my point. T.Y. Hilton, maybe not even the best receiver on his team. Uh, they just picked up... Um, who's the fast receiver they have? I have to look it up now. While you're looking that up, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't scare you, I don't know no, what he does. does. He does not scare you. Devin Funches. Okay, they have Devin Funches. Okay, I, and, and Chester Rogers. I, I'm more scared of those two. I, I get T.Y. Hilton's like underrated. I get it. I mean, he's like one, condition, like one concussion away from never playing again, but... Here's what scares me more about the Colts. They're freaking tight ends. Yeah. They're freaking tight ends. When you have over 200 yards receiving with your tight ends in the first half against the Jags, I don't care about T.Y. Hilton. Give me a linebacker that can cover a tight end. That's all I ask. What about the revamped offensive line, the revamped defense, they and, added their, one and their salary cap that's like $60 million yeah, under yeah, the yeah. limit? I know they're Super Bowl favorites, but I mean, just give me a guy that can cover Eric Ebron. Give me a guy that can cover Jack Doyle, and then I'll be fine. I'm not scared of T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Mike Evans, trash. Who's yeah. he, who's throwing to him? Dude, Mike, Crab Mike, legs, McGee. Mike like, Evans was the one that Jalen made cry on the field, right? Like, isn't that, isn't that the one? The one that chokes him? Was AJ Green? That was Green. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Keenan Allen, good receiver. I'll give you that. Uh, Keenan Allen's a stud. But I think Jalen Ramsey matches up really well with Keenan. He does. Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen's a jump ball receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And Jalen Ramsey is a jump ball DB. And I'll take Jalen Ramsey ten out of ten times over Keenan Allen. I agree. Antonio Brown. You already made the point on Antonio Brown. Julio Jones. We all know the Falcons are going to be trash by the time we play them because that's how the Falcons Plus, are. Plus, Julio Jones doesn't catch touchdowns, so who cares? Yeah, that's true. What's he going to do? Get a couple of like, deep yards and then never score in yeah. the red zone? Great. Here's 11 yards per play. And T.Y. Hilton. I already made my point. Boom. 
What are you scared of? What are you scared of, ramen eater? <laughs> we just went through that entire list and we just debunked all of that. I will say, though, out of all that, DeAndre Hopkins has to be the best receiver in that group. Do you disagree? He is the best, but Jalen Ramsey is better than any of them. And the only way that he will get catches is if he's not being covered by Jalen Ramsey. But that's the thing. We won't go... We won't you let Jalen be that guy. Maybe, I don't understand maybe, that. Maybe they I will do not understand that. Maybe they will this year. Why haven't they in the past? Well, maybe. I, maybe last year they thought Bouye could compete with DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe. Maybe they thought Bouye, since they were paying him $77 million or $72 million, whatever it is, that he could keep up with those guys. But you can't tell me that Ramsey wouldn't want to be like, hey, their best guy, tight end, wide receiver, whoever, I'm going to go up against them. I'm going to shut them down the entire game. I think he does. And I think we saw that late in the year. And that's why they were talking about how Jalen Ramsey was just straight ignoring the coverage calls. Because he took it on himself. Probably. All right, but that doesn't enough. really work in a team game. Nah, you're yeah, right. Maybe basketball, 5-on-5, five five, you get away with that. But no, but that should 11. be the scheme. No, I agree. I agree. All right. I agree. All right, Josh Hampton says he was at the Cowboys game. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. I know. Unless you're man. a Cowboys fan. Maybe you're a Cowboys fan. No, he's not. He's okay. a Jags fan. All right, sorry, Josh. And um, he said that um, he was the nosebleeds, and this drunk Cowboys fan was letting him know every time that they, they gave him a big play. Are you wait a minute? There was an obnoxious Cowboys fan. That's a surprise. I don't believe it. And I'm gonna go on a limb and say that they weren't from Dallas, like most Cowboys. Hey, they fans. are America's team. <laughs> and then Heather Newkirk says um, she was also at the game and wow. she was downing margaritas to drink away the pain. Good for you, Heather. And what are all these people doing in Dallas for that game? That they didn't go there for the Jags game, right? Can we get some like well, commentary? Josh on this? does live here. Heather, I'm not so sure. Um, but Josh hmm. definitely does live here. Right. So he probably just made the trip. I'm making the trip to Denver this year. Really? Yeah. And um, I hope that doesn't happen there. I do love the city of Denver. I'm going to try to catch a Rockies game. So it'll be like a kind of fun Dude, trip. Colorado's awesome. Oh, yeah. Denver's my second favorite city. Oh, Heather says she's a Texas Jags fan here. A te- wow. I like that, Heather. Yeah, I appreciate that. Maybe we can. Uh, we still talk need more backstory, though. I mean, I appreciate the rapid comment, but like, how'd you end up a Jags fan from Texas? We want to hear that. Well, while we wait for that, because she's YouTube live. Nice. Let's move on to Noah Bennett's question. He's at the Noah Bennett. Noah. He says, This is a little bit of a loaded question. Are you, are you ready for this, Joey? No, I know, I'm I know. not. <laughs> that, that scares me, Noah. <laughs> he says, It seemed that Todd Wash schemed a lot of off man coverage. Do you think this was part of the reason for Bouye and Ramsey's off year? And would they benefit from press man coverage? I was going to actually say some. No, that's, again, great question as always. I was going to say something about this earlier. Like, it, you know, Ramsey seemed off last year to use the off word. Ramsey did. He did. Like the first half of the season was not. He, dude, you cannot say that he played as good last year as he did in seventeen. I mean, he's still the best player on the team by far, but. It seemed like he was soft coverage, like way too much. Like he was trying not to make a mistake. He wasn't pressing. He wasn't like going for the big plays until, like you said, maybe he said, F you defensive coordinator. I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I'm J Rams. J Rams? Is that what you've dubbed him? I like J Rams now. So I've had to come up with a moniker for him. Yes. Okay. I could be wrong because I've coached football. And unless you're in, the huddle, unless you're in the meeting rooms, we can only speculate on what was called. Okay. We can get a pretty good idea from watching where players line up pre-snap, what they do at the snap, but unless we really know the call, it's hard to know who's responsible and who is at fault on these plays. That's coming as a former player and coach. 
Yeah, but if you know Jalen's personality. No, no, no. You know how fast I'm, he is. You know how strong he is. You I'm know just, how dominant I'm he is. I'm just talking about addressing Noah's question. Okay. So when he says um, it seemed like Todd Wash schemed a lot of off-man coverage, Todd Wash may have given his defensive backs liberty to play pre-snap at certain yardage. For example, really good defensive backs are given the liberty to play wherever they want pre-snap. They want to be impressed, even if it's like a cover three. So in cover three, just to educate people that are unfamiliar with anything, because people tell us all the time that they have no idea what we're talking about. In cover three... Myself you, included. <laughs> your two corners... So basically, you split the field in thirds. Yeah. Okay? Your two corners are responsible for everything deep outside, like outside the hash marks. Sure. Okay? So like if there's a, if there's a bomb then the corners are responsible. So you don't want to get caught up if it's it's a deep play. And if there's a throw to the flat, that's the soft spot in a cover three. Technically, the linebackers are responsible, but they're going to give that up and tackle you for a gain of two or three. A good DB has given the liberty to play press in that situation, which is very, very risky. But a guy like Jalen can do it because he can press you and he has the speed to get you. To make up for a mistake. Right. So it's hard to know like what they did. Like, Maybe they gave Jalen like unlimited like liberty to play wherever he want. Maybe they told Bouye he needs to be like within five to seven yards. Maybe they gave both of them liberty to do whatever they want. Maybe depending on the receiver. See what I'm saying? There's a lot of variables involved. What I do know for sure though is that even though it looked like an off year for the defensive backs last year, where teams attacked us was quote unquote underneath, which means where the linebackers are responsible. Well, I get that, and nobody's disagreeing with that. I mean, I think the question like goes to the point, like, not as a football coach, you look at the DBs, especially Ramsey, and there were plenty of plays where he was three, four yards off a guy and then hit him for like a six, seven-yard gain, whereas the year before, he was breaking that pass up. Right, and I don't think that that is so much to do with like them having an off year as much as like them thinking like, okay, our D line isn't getting to the quarterback the way they did in 2017. So I can't afford to be in. So he doesn't want to get beat deep. Right. Like he's he like, doesn't trust the line. Doesn't trust the middle. Right. Maybe like, like, so, cause like say what you want, if you're me about T Y Hilton, but the bottom line is if you're in a foot race and I'm starting facing forward, and the other guy's starting facing backwards. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. Most of the time. Yeah. Right. So if you're Jalen Ramsey, you're thinking, okay, Calais and Yannick, they're not getting there the way they did in so I need, year. I need, I need, I need a couple, couple yards. Back. I got you. Right. So I wouldn't really say it was an off year for them. I would just say it was like a change in like their thought process. And again, I could be totally wrong, because I am under the uh, subscription that the bad defensive play was solely on the linebackers last year. 100%. And our offense. Yes. I agree. Yeah. So And the safeties. Can we, can we just lump everyone in besides the DBs? And, like, yeah, again, the like I said, I'm more worried about the traffic. Yeah. So, good question, Noah. It's tough to answer because we're not coaches. I wish we could have a coach or a player on here. We could ask them these questions. Like, hey, did we, did we call as much cover one man as we did in 2017? Or did but we they wouldn't give us a real answer anyway. No way. Know, maybe one of these guys like Cedric Woods who just retired would. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Fred Teller would. Fred Taylor would probably get injured on his way here. <laughs> way, to, way to continue that myth. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, Heather is going to fill us in on how she's a Jags fan. Right, she said her. that her dad became a Jags fan when the Oilers left Houston. Oh, I like that. So she was raised a Jags fan, and she said her mom is a Cowboys fan, which makes things a little bit interesting. I like that. Like, I'm bitter about the fact they left Houston, and I would refuse to root for them anywhere or another. Yeah, that's awesome. 
If the Jags left Jacksonville, would you? What would you do? I would go back to being a Giant Bears fan. Really? And Jags would be my second team at that point. Absolutely. I grew up a Bears fan, man. I mean, we didn't have a team until I was in high school, like late in high school. I'm a Jeez. diehard Jags fan now. Like I would want the Jags to beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. But if the Jags hauled butt to another city, man, yeah. <sighs> if the Jags moved to London. Well, that's different. What if the Jags moved to London? If the Jags went to London, I would absolutely still be a Jags fan because my aunt lived in London forever. I've been there tons of times. Now it's getting personal and back it is, But it is. But I mean, <laughs> I have a personal reason to say I would still root for them there, but that's only if they move there. If they went anywhere else, nah, dude. Sorry, guys. Peace. I would 100% be a Jags fan if they moved to London. But here's what I would do is I would pick up a second team to follow, and that second team would be the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> of course it would. What do we? Of course they would. I was gonna say that before you said it. The Miami Dolphins, because I kind of like like the Miami vibe, and I could go yes. down there and watch and games, like, and like you like the magic. You like yeah, that's Orlando the hockey though. down there. I mean, yeah, of yeah, no, but yeah, I mean they're Florida, You're a Florida guy. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Enjoy that. Yeah, we just got a uh, a a text that our I heard that that our picture is super crooked. Oh, that picture. Wait. This picture or that picture? I'm just joking that it's that one. I'm assuming it's the YouTube video. It is like at a, like a 90 degree slant due to the books you put underneath the chair, but um, I don't know. Well, we'll fix that under... Hey, segment three, the picture... <laughs> is that better? No? All right. If you're listening to the podcast, please go back and... Yeah. Oh, me... oh, the actual picture. Okay, I was right. No, no I, think, I think it is the... Uh, okay. Yeah. Is it the yeah. painting or the YouTube video that's crooked? Can we get some clarification gotta, here, please? move on. <laughs> Do we? This isn't in the script that we wrote, okay? Yeah, we're, Our we're, agenda has nothing well, to actually, do. Well, actually, in my script, there is a large portion for <laughs> random nothingness, so we're right on pace. Okay, let's get to one more question, and then we will uh, take a break and, and fix the... <laughs> Picture painting, figure out what all it of is. it. All of That's it. That's crooked. And then uh, we'll talk a little about training camp and then everything else. Sounds good. Okay. This last question is from our boy P Jack, and he's at radius underscore Johansson. And he says, Jalen is obviously the champagne of our DBs. I like that. Indeed, of the NFL DBs. I like that. What drink analogy best fits each of the other DBs on the roster? <laughs> this might be the. Okay, we need to take a break and then answer that question because that might be the best question ever asked. All right, we will take a break and then we're going to get to this question. And it's going to transition to us talking about like the depth at defensive back position because oh, the complete lack somehow thereof. we have like in all of our other position groups, we talk like really quickly about the depth. We have totally abandoned that. And that's, that's just going off script, you know? It's just us not going by the script that we I have before the show. the script up. <laughs> We've ripped the script up on this episode, and um, we're going to talk more about the depth at DB. And here's a spoiler. I think there may be a guy that will surprise some people next year. Is it Minshew? And his name DB? is not Gardner Minshew playing DB. Which, hmm. But you know what? With those, he could with do those it. thighs, I bet he could. He could absolutely do it. All right. This is going to be our last break, and then we get into segment three, which we've been told is the best segment of the entire show. So support these ads and... Um, Tell them another Jags podcast sent you and tell them that you had to turn your head sideways as you were watching them because our video was crooked. Or, or maybe the picture. Or are you crooked? 
Or maybe your phone is broken. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to another Jags podcast, episode 76, the defensive back episode. And um, Joe, did you get your scripts ready for segment three? I did, actually. My, right. my script is tight. Yeah, it is. So segment three, we're going to get a little bit to the depth of the Jags defensive backs, which if you're just a casual fan, you might find boring. If you're a hardcore fan, you might find enthralling. I mean... I would say so. I mean, there's a lot of big. There's a lot of big news there. Like we, we, nobody's mentioning this, but we've got like a one of the best ever. Like we signed at some point, Revis, right? I mean, CJ Revis, like Island Revis Island. Yeah, I mean, uh, we play for the Jets. Not quite the Daryl Revis. Oh, that's a different Revis. <laughs> but CJ Revis. Dang, my script was yeah. way off. <laughs> that's what we get. All right, Jason, you take it from here. Well, Josh Hampton says um, he feels like Todd Wash had the defense playing conservative to preserve energy. <laughs> last year yeah well i mean i could see that dude i mean honestly i mean you're on the field like all the time that's true all the time and you're yeah okay i'll, I'll take that answer and be like yeah like it's not the craziest no it's not at all i've ever heard i mean the guys were mad they were fighting each other they were like wanting to kill blake i mean I could see him like doing some stuff to be like, dude, you guys are going to have to win the game. You're going to have to be on the field all the time. Let's just expect that. We're going to try to conserve some energy. Like Yannick Ngakwe sacking Dak Prescott and then on the next play. Hey, a breather is needed, Jason. Literally standing up and doing nothing and letting Ezekiel Elliott run right past him for 15 yards on third down to get in field goal position. Hey, you tackle Zeke, man. That's going to take some energy away. <laughs> just... Oh, we're not talking about that. But 19 okay. mil, no. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was 100 million, though, so that we can watch you stand up on, on third and long so that Zeke can run the field goal. Okay, I agree. All right, so the question that we teased was Patrick Jackson's question of Jalen is the champagne of DBs. What drink analogy best fits the rest of the DBs? And like a tag along to that is Rob, and he's at Zeno Rob with two Bs. And he says, who do you see, if anyone, moving up on the depth chart to ease the probable Bouye release for the 91-44-20 cap ramifications after this season? Uh, don't see anybody on the depth chart that's moving up for that. You probably do. But, I mean, to answer the question about the drink analogy, which is fantastic, <laughs> I mean, if Ramsey's the champagne, then Bouye's the mimosa, right? I mean, that's actually, like, good. Yeah. Because, like, he's just orange juice, but since there's champagne around, people, yeah. like, like him. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like, who else would drink that otherwise? I mean, if you're over the age of, like, eight. So, yeah. So, he's a champagne. I like that. I like that. So, here's a guy that I think can move up into the DB role. Okay, so DJ Hayden's a good, a good defensive back, but he's injured a lot. And I think he's more valuable in the slot. And I wasn't too big on him going into last season, but he actually proved me wrong in the couple snaps that not couple snaps i mean if we look at his hayden's gonna have to be clutch this year do you disagree i think he just needs to stay healthy i mean he is what he is and i like him okay so he played 456 snaps last year that's pretty good that's I mean, a lot that's, that's about what dante yeah. fowler played when he was second fiddle to ngakwe 
So just keep that in mind. Like, it's, like I could, like, why do we have to keep talking about Fowler, Jason? <laughs> okay, you need to go back and listen to me and Mike's uh, D line episode. We I did not on purpose. We talked about Fowler a lot. I knew it was happening. Okay, so DJ Hayden played about what Dante Fowler. It's just to give people context for how many snaps he played last year. Fair enough. That's a lot of snaps. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like second, second theory starter, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so out of four hundred fifty six snaps, he had a seventy four point eight PFF rating, which was good for fourth best on the team. And his run defense was kind of low at 70, 67.3, but his tackling rating was a 78.9. So I think... Yeah, not bad. No, he's not bad, but he only played in 10 games. And his his big knock was like health and staying healthy. And he was good blitzing. He was good coming off the edge. But Did, he's, I think he only excels in that slot role because I was watching him in the Lions and he was pretty much terrible with oh, the Lions. Not, yeah, he's not a, not a full-time. No, he's not a good outside corner, but he's really good in the slot. Here's a guy that you should watch out for. And I'll give him a I'll give him a Stella Artois. That's the that's the grading I'll give him. Nice. If if, if Jalen's the champagne. It's like the Budweiser in Europe, but an import here. He's he, he's the Stella Artois. And it's Quentin Meeks. I was gonna say that I want to steal your thunder. Yeah. And Josh Hampton mentioned on YouTube he's a Meeks fan as well. But here's what sold me on Meeks was in the Eagles game in London. He like made a really good play on Zach Ertz, like made a diving, put, played played through Ertz's hands, played the ball, and it was like, wow, that's a good play. And then on the the literal next play, and the Jags fans may remember this because it was like literally heart wrenching. Carson Wentz is going to the ground, getting sacked by Calais Campbell. And somehow, like, in one of the most miraculous Ben Roethlisberger-esque throws I've ever seen, he somehow darts the ball over the middle of the field, throws it to Nelson Aguilar, and gets beat on that play. And then he runs for, like, yeah, he can't minutes. knock him for that. No, I mean, it was the, but, but Quentin Meeks is, like, the real deal. So here, here's here's a write up of Meeks that I think kind of plays to what you're saying. A smart player with good technique, but does not consistently show catch up speed when mistakes are made. Isn't that Boye kind of like in a nutshell? Mm, I think Boye is better. Well, no, I'm saying he's yeah, like, a, yeah. like a poor man's a poor Boye. Man's Boye. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, just for the reference, Quentin Meeks played in uh, played 47 snaps. Which is as many snaps as Eli Anku, and less snaps than Nick DeLuca. Now Meeks had some injury problems last year, but in the snaps he did play, a 68.3 rating, 38.2 against the run. Oof. So he's not really a guy that can play in the run game on the slot. He can't play in the slot. But he was a rookie last year, yeah. so we gotta give him a little bit of there. But I think Quinn Meeks can be the guy. And honestly, I don't think we can compare anything to last year because of the dumpster fire that it was, man. Is that a fair comparison to judge somebody by last year's stats? No. It's not. No. I mean, take all, I mean, look at any of our good players and all of them had a down year. Even the ones that had a good year. Besides Clay's Campbell. Who somehow, Except for Clay's Campbell, who is somehow the best player we ever like had. a freak. And where's Clay's... Okay. If Clay's Campbell retired today, if he was like, hey, guys... I'm not feeling it. I'm gonna spend some time with my family. Where would he be on your like all time Jaguars list? Of like my favorite players? Yeah. Maybe top ten. Yeah. Easily. I like him. Dude, 
what's there not to like? Yeah. I tried to do his voice, but I can't. Like, yeah. oh, murder it. But, James Coleman. Yeah, it's like the best yeah. thing ever. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. Like, he's a stand-up guy. He doesn't get in trouble. I mean, he got a ton of money to come here, has outplayed his contract, I think, at this point, and took a cut to, like, stay. If you would have asked me when he signed if he was going to outplay his contract, no, I, I was I said, there's no, no way possible. I would have said his best years were in Arizona. Absolutely. But you're right, man. Out. And he's still got a couple good years left in him. I, I hope. No, he does. He absolutely does. I hope he doesn't hit that like sharp drop off the way like Peyton Manning did. I don't think he does. I think I think he love. I mean, I know Peyton loves football too, but he's that guy. He just yeah, loves he football. He plays the position that's just like abusive yeah, on your body. So big though. I mean, yeah, it's like that's true. Yeah. All right. So then we move on to other guys like uh, D Delaney, who some people had high hopes, ended up sticking around. Uh, played decent in the preseason last year. I think he had like a good play against the Bucks or the. I do Dolphins. like to make all my decisions off preseason play personally. Over under, okay. <laughs> Over under snaps played by D Delaney last year. Uh, seven. No, no, wait. I'm gonna give you a number. You tell me over or under. Oh, okay. The number is two. <laughs> Crap. Over this is under. a trap question, Noah. Over uh, under. Un- under. Yeah, he played one, one snap. snap. All right. <laughs> <laughs> is that really D.D. Westbrook that kind of changed his name and did on the roster twice? <laughs> Got put out there on action. Changed jerseys at halftime. Played one series. And- yeah. Yeah. Pulled Tyler. Tyler Patman. Who people were big on in I training like, camp last year. Remember that? I don't mind Patman. You remember Tyler Patman? He got a lot of like uh, yeah. hype and preseason last year. They said year. he like, could have been a starter or something. Yeah. yeah. He, they did. They did say that. 231 snaps. Okay. That puts him on par with... Hmm. Golly. Barry Church's grade was just dog crap. Dude, Holy crap. He was dude. horrible last year. Wow. Mm. Okay. Literally, he's. I mean, that's Leon Jacobs played a little bit less snaps yeah, than that. But I mean, that's that's a yeah. decent amount of snaps. Like you've mm. you, you've gotten a look. Yeah, you not got a good you got look. A look. You got not, a look. You, not a good look, but a look. His PFF grade was a sixty point two, fourth worst on the team. Fifty eight point four tackling, fifty seven point one. I can't remember the games when he first came in. Like he, it was England, I think. Right? Is that the first game he played? Ah, oh, uh, yeah, because that was the week that. There was injuries to Boyer. Yes, yes. The like strip club incident. Yes. Um, oh, yes. That's what it is. So, <laughs> yeah, he came in and balled that game, like played really well. And then the next game, it was like the polar opposite of that. So it was like offenses figured him out like immediately. So I, I don't know what that means, but like he looked really good. Then he looked really bad. So I think it's, he, he is what he is. But yeah, that's when Quentin Meeks got his chance and, and honestly didn't look that bad. I thought he looked um, pretty good. It's got a solid name too, Quentin Meeks. Like, yeah, I do like that. Yeah. All right, let's hit these um, questions that have nothing to do with defensive backs. I like it. Yeah. It is segment three. I mean, we're we should be way off schedule at this point. No, we're still on script. I mean, our script should be like we should be way yeah. off script. So let's get off script. We've done our pre show research. And we this did is our script. We did. Okay. Do so we have to stop now that we're done with our script? No, no, no. This is all on it. It's so we can on. keep going. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And we fix our picture, so it's not crooked anymore. <laughs> And this is from Brent Papineau, and he's at Brent Papineau. He says, what would it take for Nick Foles to surpass Mark Brunel as the best Jaguars quarterback? A Super Bowl win, AFC Championship, Super Bowl loss, a couple good years, four playoff years? Hmm. I mean, AFC Championship game, obviously. Would he surpass Mark Brunel with that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. One AFC Championship game, he's the best quarterback we've ever had. Why? Bortles did Why? that. Why? AFC Championship win? 
went. So that's a, a Super Bowl appearance. A Super Bowl appearance Super Bowl loss. would make him loss. the greatest quarterback we've ever had. Okay. Four straight playoff seasons? Yeah. They'd be pretty dang close. What about a couple good years? What if two? What if two? Eh. No. No. I think, I think if he goes to playoffs four years in a row, then he's by far the best quarterback we've ever had. Yeah. I think if he has two years, he's like tied. Super Bowl loss for sure. Extra championship game. If that's all he did, then that's actually a disappointment. Like yeah, he gets there I, just I would agree. Once, yeah. A Super Bowl win, then, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. give him the keys to the city. <laughs> I mean, Mayor Foles, for all I care at that point. We'll change this to the Nick Foles podcast. <laughs> exactly. We, uh, Foles, just tell us, tell us what the script is, Foles. Yeah, and then his uh, second part of his question, which he asked earlier, was, how much, is it an, how much of an advantage is it for our wide receivers to have Foles to throw to and to have to go against our DBs? Well, it's a huge advantage for the first time ever because they can actually let our offense throw against our DBs, which they didn't do in the past. Is this a segue to training camp? Because I can. This is a segue to training All camp. All right, we're going to go into do that it. because Foles has not thrown an interception in training camp yet. We're talking about like six days at this point. One of them padded, which I don't know why they didn't have a padded day yesterday, but he, no interceptions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Bortles had five interceptions in one practice. Mm. And got benched. Mm. And they limited the first team offense not to hurt Bortles. Just his mojo, man. Foles, you don't have to worry about that, man. So absolutely, it's a huge advantage to have him going against our DBs. They both make it. Ramsey said that. Ramsey said, like, he's making everybody better. Like, he was out there yesterday running routes with the receivers. Like, sh- actually running the route he wanted them to run to show him to show them like where the cut was supposed to be made, That's where the awesome. ball was going to be. I love to hear dude, that. Who does that, dude? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I was listening to the national syndication radio today. It was the, I don't know if it was Colin Cowherd or Dan Patrick. It was Colin Cowherd because I keep um, the national station on, on backup when 1010 goes to commercials. And they were talking about the absurd question of is Carson Wentz, is Nick Foles better than Carson Wentz? And they said it's absurd. They said Nick, uh, Carson Wentz is way better. I disagree. Uh, Will Wentz be better? Wentz, before he got hurt, was literally like number one in MVP like candidacy. Like Vegas had him as like the number Not one last odds. year? No, I'm talking the year, two years ago. Of course. Before he tore his year, ACL. Well, he came off a torn ACL. Uh, he's a quarterback. Coming off a torn ACL. He's not a running quarterback. Before he's a thrower. He, before he tore his ACL, they had Wentz, Vegas had Wentz as like the number one MVP candidate. He was having a great year. So I, I'm not saying they're wrong or they're right. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of wins. I haven't seen enough of wins. That supporting cast in Philly is like obnoxious. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's stupid. They have two tight ends better than anyone's number one tight end. They yeah. have speed receivers. They have possession receivers. They have like the best offensive line. They have running backs that can receive passes that can run. And with whatever. all that, they were still tanking halfway through last year until... I don't think they were tanking. Dude, they were not going to make the playoffs. Nah. They, Dude, were, they were not going to make they the playoffs. Nah, they, they had a good run. They were not going to yeah. make the playoffs until Foles took over. Yeah. And then not to mention they have Doug Peterson, who's a very innovative play caller who is, could lead any team. But the, what they said was that Foles is a good guy and that he is, everyone loves him, great locker room guy. They had nothing but good words to say about him, but they just unanimously said they wouldn't put him in the top 10 of NFL quarterbacks. He doesn't need to be in the top 10. Yeah, I agree. But I'd uh, like for him to be. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it would be nice if he was. I wouldn't put him in the top 10 right now, would you? No. 
I mean, I put him in the top twenty. Maybe I'd like to think he pushing is. top fifteen. I think he could prove his way into the top ten. I think 10. he could absolutely play yeah. his way into the top ten. Yeah, but we'll see. The last DB I want to talk about before we break because I think this podcast is like well into the hour. Yeah, I think it's like two and a half. But that's okay because um, we scripted this one to be uh, yes two and a half. Hours. Beforehand, we talked about yeah. this needs to be our longest this one needs ever. Needs to be our two and a half hour podcast ever. Yeah, Bree on Borders. <laughs> That sounds like Don't some laugh. fancy fancy cheese. <laughs> Breon Borders had three interceptions on Gardner Minshew this week. <laughs> it's just like the the extra special after the real podcast. If we had four segments, this would be a segment okay, four. Okay, great. What are the chances that Breon Borders makes the team? Side bet: If Breon Borders makes the team, will you buy us wings to eat on the air while we're recording? I will absolutely buy us wings. If he makes the team, but I do think he probably makes the team. I, don't, I have no idea who he is, but our, our, we don't have a ton of depth there. So, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Well, he went to Duke, I think. Oh. God, I hope I'm not wrong about that, but he went to Duke and his highlight film is kind of nasty, actually. Like he, like, I know you don't go on Twitter, but if you go on our Twitter and you watch, and you look I've at. I've heard our Twitter is fantastic. Yeah. Oh no, it is. Yeah. I posted a video of his highlight film and he's. And he has like two separate plays where he straight like suplexes people. Yeah. Like picks them like up. Donovan Darius style? Yes. Like oh, suplexes. Nice. Them. And he has like a bunch of interceptions. Like, like what, what are his stats? What, the, what are we talking about it, here? Like 6'1", like 220 or 210? Like what are, what are we dealing with? Um, he, no, he's like six foot, I think. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I have it pulled up right here. He's, oh, six foot. Man, look at me. Six foot. 200 pounds right. went to Duke. He was undrafted in 2017. He, he got signed by the Raiders and then was cut. Then the bills for the year and then the Texans and then was <laughs> cut. And now he's with the Jags. Hey, most of those guys that were undrafted on their fourth team turned out to be fantastic. <laughs> so I think you're onto something here, Jason. He was selected in 2016 as all ACC third team. Third team if he played ACC. basketball, I'd be impressed by that. <laughs> he had, 12 interceptions. That's good, actually. That ain't bad. 34 pass deflections, two forced fumbles, and 148 total tackles. Hey, I like the backstory, man. Undrafted, you're on their fourth team. You're picking off our backup quarterback. I'm sorry. He was actually on our practice squad last year as of October. Oh. And he was signed to the active roster December twenty second. So he's earned his way on to having a shot. And he played. He got. He got to play a a, a whole week with the Jags on the active roster. Hmm. Right. If he makes the fifty three man, would you say his name was Smoke Gouda? <laughs> Breon Borders. Oh, Breon. Okay. If Breon Borders makes the fifty three man, you're saying you will buy. I will wings buy to eat on the podcast. I not only will buy wings. I will let you pick where they're from and what kind mm, you want. That was the biggest mistake you've ever made. I mean, I think it'll turn out to be delicious, and we'll be we'll be a bet yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's it for episode seventy six. Unless you have anything to add, I don't think I do. I think that's deep track. I think that was solid. Yep. Um, we actually, I do have something to add. I'm going to tease a bit that we might be working on going forward. Okay, the local look. Hit him. We've kind of talked about it. Yep. I mean, we are local guys. We were born and raised here. We started this because we love the Jags. We love everything about Jacksonville, Duval, and we want to promote more local stuff. So if you guys have some recommendations out there, it doesn't matter what it is, restaurant, auto mechanic, like whatever you guys love that is local Jags, local Jacksonville, 
we're going to throw our own thoughts out there. We'll pick a couple things each week, and you know, maybe it'll help some people out. I think it's a good thing to do. Let's make sure to hit that early in the podcast when there's more people listening and haven't turned it off by then. Yeah, I mean, put it in the comments, and we'll mention those first before we talk about the other stuff that are on our structured list of items to discuss that week, and you know, we'll go from there. Yeah, on our script. On our script. But I do want to end with this. This is from Josh Hampton on YouTube Live. Which one of you guys said Blake was going to be a pro player last year? That was definitely me. <laughs> I will own that. Hey, man. I was wrong. Wait, what else? I, I can't even. I can't even like defend it anymore, man. I mean, he, he had such a good run in December the year before. I mean, that Pittsburgh game was one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my entire life as a football fan. And he dude, good that game. and he played amazing. Yeah. He almost beat the Patriots and went to the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you got to be excited going into it. And I was wrong. I was as wrong as I could, at, like, be possibly. So Josh was at a tailgate I was with, and I almost. I the the debate got pretty heated between me and someone else when I said that Tyrod Taylor was a better option as a quarterback than Blake Bortles. I still disagree with that. And this dude literally wanted to fight me over it. And um I have to say I can't say I was right because I think they're both kind of on the same Yeah, they're both like they're both Maybe a good backup, and and they did go head to head in the yeah. playoffs, and, and it was the worst game we worst game we've ever yeah. seen. But Bortles ran it out, yeah. But I will say um, that it was fun, and this dude went. He was he was a little under the influence. He was having trouble handling his demeanor and his and his like. So you if know. you had chose to scrap, you you would have you would have taken him. Fight. Are you I don't fight. I'm, I'm too just old saying, to like fight. if you had though, you would have taken him. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, that's that's all yeah, we need to know. Yeah. How was that relevant to anything we were talking about? Because Josh Hanton was there. Ah. Yeah. And he just put it on. No, he didn't, but I just thought of it. I think Jason just wanted to talk about how he could have beat, beat somebody up. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Edgardo Silva on YouTube says, go to Kiaka Hibachi in Riverside by five points. It's the best around town. Bam. We've already got one, man. That's taken off. Yeah. That's Local it. look. You have to say that because I'm not looking at it. I love Hibachi, man. I love Hibachi. Me? And he says Blake broke the record for most helmet batted passes. Shake my head. Last year. He also broke the record for most running for your life plays and trying to throw it to somebody. I mean, come on. I don't want to defend Blake, but we're past that. We're on to Foles. Josh Hampton said he's not the same guy as the tailgate story. Hmm. Thinking of a different Josh. Different Josh Hampton. We're going to have to edit out this entire last segment. <laughs> if we could keep that local look in there because I was on time. But uh, yeah. All right. My bad, Josh. We should have stopped when Jason said we were going to stop. Way to go right. off script, Jason, and ruin the podcast. It's a different Josh. I could have thought I thought his last name was Hampton. All right. That's it for another Jags podcast. We've got to be done there. Um, thank you guys for listening on YouTube Live. Um, this video is going to be on YouTube. I'm going to edit a podcast without some of the crappy <laughs> crap on here and without the long breaks. And you can go back and listen to that on YouTube as well. So there'll be two of each episode on YouTube. Um, you can find us on Big Cat Country. You can find us on SB Nation. You can find us on Overtime Network Podcast. Um, and we're going to have some good things coming soon because now that we're reaching like well over a thousand downloads per episode, we figured we better like improve our game a little bit we better up our game yeah so we're gonna do it we're gonna fix our pictures we're gonna get a script who knows we'll do all kind of things thank you guys for listening um and as always go jacks go jacks